Hello, I'm Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited about another episode of our podcast. And as a reminder, we started this podcast to highlight local stories of faith and sports, and I am so excited for you to hear from my friend and one of our faithful volunteers, Jonathan Jenkins. I've known Jonathan since the summer of 2015. He was a part of our very first camp there in Selma and has become a faithful volunteer and ministry leader there in Selma. He also serves as the pastor of Sister Springs Baptist Church in Tyler, Alabama, a community just right outside of Selma. He's married to Paige, and they have two sons. So without further delay, let's jump right into the conversation with Jonathan. Thanks for joining me today, Jonathan. Oh, it's great to be with you, Stuart. Appreciate it. You bet. So let's start uh, this podcast. Just share a little bit about your story, kind of where you grew up, a little bit about your family. Okay. Uh, Well, I was born and raised in Columbus, Georgia, Uh, family active in church, uh, dad was a deacon. Mom was on the finance committee. Um, when the doors of the church were open, we were going to be there and uh, kind of grew up there. It was sort of the expected thing to do. And uh, about the age of nine years old, I realized that uh, when the preacher said that if you've gotten in trouble, if you've disobeyed your parents, you've disobeyed God and you're in danger of hell. <laughs> uh, at which point in time, uh, I knew I was in danger of hell. Yeah, uh, And I threw myself at the mercy of Jesus, and I pleaded with him to save me uh, and professed him as Savior and kind of tacked on that Lord bit, even though I didn't understand that mm-hmm. uh, very well at all and was, uh, was baptized. And uh, for about 10 years, uh, I was counting on God's forgiveness but had no understanding of his lordship, of what that truly meant. Uh, And um, so I lived, like we see a lot of folks uh, who say they're Christians on Sundays and then they act like hell uh, Monday through Saturday. Um, But that kind of changed my freshman year in college. Um, I met a young man whose dad was an Assemblies of God pastor, and I thank God every day that I did um, because even though he was very different from what I was used to uh, and very sheltered coming from a homeschool background where the only interaction he had was church and home, um, he was able to show me what genuine faith looked like, yeah. uh, what it looked like in every, every, every aspect of your life. And um, it was during that time that I went to church with him uh, for a little while, and uh, we were in a Sunday school uh, class, and a guy stood up and he said, the Sunday school lesson this morning is on tithing, mm. and I have no clue what to say about this other than God says you should do it, and if God's in control, you should do it. Mm. And I realized that I had been saying that God was in control, but had not allowed him to have control of my life. Um, in pretty much any aspect, uh, any real aspect. Mm -hmm. And it just completely changed my life. Um, Of course, I would still continue to get things wrong and still try to exercise control over my life, but it set me uh, on a trajectory that even now that I'm walking on uh, to where every day I'm hoping to wake up and 
say, you know what? God is in control and I'm going to do what he says for me to do today. It's not about what I want to do. It's about what God wants me to do. That's good. Uh, And over the course of a few years uh, after that, he began uh, to kind of guide me into a place. Uh, We're volunteering through the local church and uh, teaching Sunday school and these sort of things. Uh, He kind of crafted that into a calling to preach and ultimately to pastor. Um, And he's been faithful to give me opportunities ever since to uh, be able to preach his truth and to uh, pastor local churches. And I'm thankful for that. So how long have you been in ministry now? Uh, Vocationally now, I think it is right at 12 years. Um, I, of course, I did a lot of lay ministry before that. Uh, I did, at one point in time, I had volunteered for everything but the WMU and the Deacons. <laughs> um, just looking for a place where I could serve in uh, the local church. And uh, that's what I did ultimately until the Lord called me to preach. And even after he called me to preach until he opened up the door to serve, you know, vocationally at a local church. Yeah. Wow. So you grew up, where, where'd you grow up in Georgia? Columbus, Georgia. Columbus, yeah. Georgia. So let's talk about growing up there for, for a minute. Um, did you play a lot of sports as a child? Uh, I did. I started out as just about everybody did uh, as a little kid with a little league. Um, but I am the person that they came up with the word Husky for, even <laughs> as a child. Um, uh, speed and agility were not necessarily strong suits that the Lord had blessed me with. Um, I could catch the ball. I've always been able to catch pretty much anything thrown my way or hit my way. Um, but over the course of events, as I, as I got a little bigger and I got tired of kids talking about how I was bigger and I realized that being bigger helped with football, I kind of focused on football about the fourth grade, um, all of my interests shifted away from baseball and basketball mm-hmm. uh, straight into football. And when I realized that I could get all of my weight going in one direction and open a pretty good hole going that way, it's been mostly football uh, ever since. And I played football in junior high and high school. Uh, not really great, but happy to be a part of a team and uh, to do that. Uh, I did play tennis for about two years in high school. But that was mostly because there were pretty girls that played tennis in high school. <laughs> uh, no, not a whole lot of not a whole lot of groundbreaking talent anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but but an ability and, and a lot of fun doing it. Um, built some relationships in the course of that that have lasted. You know, even at this point, having been out of high school twenty years, you know, still some friendships of guys that I played ball with um, that last even now. Yeah, so how would you say playing football or just playing sports in general, um, how does that play into, you know, your your faith and, and even ministry now? I mean, do you, do you see that that prepared you, had an impact in any way? Well, I, I say that football introduced me to some of the best things in my life and some of the worst things in my life mm. um, because – it showed me how to be a part of something. It showed me, it taught me how to persevere in things, but it also 
It exposed me to things that I didn't necessarily like or shouldn't have liked that I liked way too much. Mm. Um, and so it kind of, for all of the good things that it brought into my life, like camaraderie and hard work and determination, it also brought in temptation mm. and arrogance and that sort of thing. Uh, because I'm a part of a football team and you can't tell me anything. And, uh, we were pretty, we were pretty good, uh, state contenders every year I was in high school. Um, so, you know, there was a certain swagger, a certain arrogance that came with that, uh, that was not necessarily a pretty thing, uh, in my life, but it did, it instilled this idea of being a part of something greater than myself, Mm. which I think translates very well. Uh, into the church, um, that we are a small part of a unit that God has brought together, not so much to score points on a field like in football, but to make an impact on the community around us and win souls to the to the kingdom of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, that's good. And it kind of set the stage there that you're a part of something bigger than yourself, that you're working towards a common goal, mm-hmm. um, and that for all for all of the things you might be able to do as an individual uh the goal of the team is still greater than the goal of the individual and that's true in church too right uh you might be able to be the best sunday school teacher you might be the best deacon you might be the best preacher whatever uh the goal is not your notoriety the goal is that you be the best whatever it is in that church uh, to bring glory to God through the gospel of Jesus Christ, not just on Sundays and Wednesdays, but with every day and every aspect of your life. Wow, that's good. Very good. That is a good perspective that it is, it's bigger than any one of us. That's very good. So you mentioned talking about your faith journey and being called to preach, that you're a pastor now. Um, you're a pastor of a small community church in Tyler, Alabama, outside Selma. What's it like being the pastor with a young family of a a community church kind of out of the city? Well, I tell you, um, I, I'm absolutely got to stop and brag on my wife here for just a moment. Um, I am privileged by God to be the pastor of Sister Springs Baptist Church in a small community called Tyler, about 15 minutes east of Selma. Uh, and we are the very definition of rural, Mm -hmm. uh, And what I did not realize when God called me and my family to Sister Springs was, is that as much as he was calling me to Sister Springs, that calling involved being called to the community of Tyler as well. Mm. Um, I'm a part of the local volunteer fire department. Uh, I volunteer at the local high school. Uh, And even before that, uh, being a part of that community, people knew that I was the pastor. I was a pastor in that community and therefore they knew who I was and they would come to me with different things. And all of these things take time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm able to give it because my wife does such a phenomenal job of keeping things going, uh, keeping the home fires going, so to speak, to use an old country song reference. Um, and it really is, it's, it, there's a lot of pulls on our time and these sort of things, but we realize that this is what God has called us to, Mm -hmm. that it's not just a job from where we receive a paycheck from a church. It is the calling of our lives as a family, uh, 
to come and as we pastor a local church to be a pastor in the community. Mm, that's uh, and, and it's, it's, it's great. Um, my son, uh, he loves to go and at six years old, he loves to go and be a part of what daddy's doing. Uh, he's, he's a future fire firefighter with the Tyler volunteer fire department because he wants to help people. He knows daddy's a chaplain and, uh, football coach at Southside, and he uh, he wants to come and he wants to be with the boys and he wants to pray with them and to play with them and uh, because that's what God would want him to do. Even though he doesn't understand, he doesn't understand the fullness of salvation through Christ anymore. He understands that God wants him to share His love, and if Daddy's going to do that and he can do it, he wants to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it. it it is surely by God's good grace and his providence that it has worked out that way because um, I don't know how he ended up that way. It's not something I'd love to be able to say there was some wise decision that we made uh, and we produced a child that wants to do that even though he doesn't understand the full ramifications. But uh, God's been good to us and he's given us a six-year-old that is comfortable making hospital visits and hugging somebody that's been in a car accident on the side of the road and uh, horsing around with a bunch of teenage boys, uh, fixing to play a football game and then praying with them as they get ready to do it. Um, it really is a family wide thing. And while I may be, I may be the face that everybody sees. My wife is the heart hmm. that keeps everything pumping so that I can do those sort of things and supporting me as I do these things uh, in our community. Uh, it, and it's just phenomenal. Uh, it's not always easy, but it is every bit always worth it. Amen. So you mentioned uh, being involved in the local high school South Side there. That's actually how you and I met was the first summer that we were kind of launching all in. I kind of got word that you were interested in South Side, you know, and so that's kind of how you and I Developed a, fr- developed a friendship, was your interest in Southside. So kind of talk about what interested you in the beginning of wanting to serve at Southside, because like you said, you're a pastor of a local church, the community church, which a community church does take a different role as a pastor than a pastor of a church in a, in a larger city. So, And you mentioned you know being in the volunteer fire department. So why Southside? Well, um, I've always had a philosophy for myself and pretty much anybody else that I'm better than an empty chair. And I'm not only better than an empty chair, anybody's better than an empty chair. And it just so happened, once again, by God's good grace and providence, uh, Chris Sermon, who's the chairman of deacons at our church, was like, hey, I've got a connection with some of these guys we've been doing mission work with. And I think it was really the day before uh, the first basketball camp started for All In. He goes, yeah, we're going to be doing this. Um, We'd love for you to stop by if you can and this kind of stuff. And uh, I was like, well, yeah, I can do that. Uh, Once again, I'm better than an empty chair. I can carry coolers, whatever. Um, So I went to camp and was just there and ready to help, however. And in the course of that, um, met you and uh, you had a greater vision um, for the possibility of doing ministry with sports. Uh, and in the course of that, 
uh, we kind of clicked and uh, you had you had the gumption to ask people uh, if if they'd like to be a part of something or if they could use some help. And uh, when I said, well, you know, I've always thought it would be a good way to minister to our community if we plugged in with a local church and you made that connection um, fearlessly. <laughs> and it just uh, something that I've, I would have not been brash enough to do. And I'm thankful to God for that uh, because it really did. It opened up a phenomenal door uh, for God to do some great things. Um, we met uh, the first week with uh, the football coach, Daniel Flowers, and uh, even that week uh, with the principal, uh, who's a good God-fearing man. And I said, listen, I know that there's some some things that, you know, we may not need to be able to do, uh, that everything needs to be voluntary, whatever I need to do to be able to love on these kids uh, in this school without causing trouble, uh, I'll be happy to do. And he goes, well, we'll, we'll be happy for you to do whatever it is that you can to help us out. Mm. Um, and man, you know, once again, it's that idea that, you know what, if there's a need that can be met and I can meet even part of it, I feel like I need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great. Uh, the way God opened the doors, uh, there was some tragedy, even in those first several weeks. Uh, the, foot, uh, the head football coach, Daniel Flowers, uh, lost a baby that week. And then within a few days of even meeting, one another, uh, I was able to, to love on him and his beautiful wife, uh, through that, even just having met one another, uh, and really formed a bond with coach flowers and, uh, through him with the, with the football team and, uh, through the football team, uh, most of those guys played basketball and even baseball and really was able to plug in to the local school and, um, become, over the last three years go from being uh, the chaplain to being chaplain and offensive line coach uh, for the football team to being uh, not only those things, but the FCA chaplain uh, for the entire school. Uh, and God has just been uh, faithful to save young men uh, out of that ministry each year. Uh, and it's, it's been great. Uh, it's, it's not without its difficulties because we're still talking about teenage boys and all of the things uh, that teenage boys want to chase after um, uh, in spite of what scripture has to say about it. But even in those moments, God has provided opportunities for me uh, to share truth and grace and even um, mercy in some of those circumstances. Uh, So it's been really, really good. So what's the typical, I mean, you mentioned team chaplain, kind of a, offensive line coach, what's the typical ministry week look like at Southside? Let's say, let's, you know, like during, during football season. All right. During football season, um, and this has changed a little bit this year uh, as, I've, as I've been working uh, on a master's degree heading towards the Ph.D., um, I've not been able to be there near as much as I have been in the past. Uh, but um, there's practice, of course, every day of the week, um, and I'm there for more than I'm not uh, with practices, even this year. Uh, and then, of course, on Thursday afternoons, it's usually a light practice before game on Friday, so we do chapel 
and then a, and then do a walkthrough where I'm able to share the word. Uh, we have prayer, uh, not just the Lord's prayer as we finish um, practice, as a lot of teams do, but uh, this year we've been able to pray with a young man who's uh, got a degenerative eye disease. Degenerative eye disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've anointed him and prayed with him, uh, uh, and just praying through different issues and these sort of things. Um, so that's that's Thursday, and then Friday um, we get ready for game day. Uh, it's in the course of walking through game preparation, just coming through, trying to be an encouragement, uh, trying to be an instructor, that kind of thing. Um, and then last thing we do before we take the field, we pray uh, for God to bless us, to keep us safe for, for our opponents, these kind of things, to help us keep our focus where it needs to be, mm-hmm. not just on being great on the football field, but being faithful and bringing glory to him, these sort of things. Uh, and then we go play the game and win or lose, uh, good game, bad game. Uh, we pray at the end of it, thanking God for the opportunity to do that. Um, and that's football season, uh, just several touches a week, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, there with the guys. And, uh, over the course of the last couple of years, that's been all that it was, uh, until a few of the guys came together and said, coach, when football season's over, uh, we miss that. There's no, there's nothing there for us yeah. um, throughout the rest of the year. So do you think you could uh, kind of work on something like that? And I was like, well, yeah, we can do that. Um, and I reached out to the local FCA um, guy in Montgomery, Eric Armster, who's uh, a great help and uh, have become affiliated with them. And now we are uh, able to have FCA, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, every week and uh, we do, we'll do chapel on Thursday afternoon. And then on Friday mornings, we do FCA, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, and it's, um, and that's open to everybody from the marching band, the cheerleaders, the volleyball team, basketball team, uh, everybody. And, uh, it will go, uh, throughout the rest of the year, uh, not just through the end of football season. That's awesome. So just some relationships through football has grown into, hey, we we want we want everybody else in our school to experience this. That's good. That's right. That's yeah. That just shows the power of uh, just being being available and being obedient and loving on people and building a relationship with them. How how important that is and how that opens more ministry opportunities. Yep. So what would you say, um, this is your third season, if you will, at Southside. What would you say is like a greatest memory um, that you have so far? Um, I would have to say, uh, off the field, the greatest thing that I think has happened uh, is seeing several of the young men come to Christ and then ultimately having some of them say, hey, uh, we want to we want to continue this outside of football season. We want something like this all year round. Uh, that is probably the greatest off the field kind of memories experiences I've had. Uh, being being a competitor and having a coach's spirit, uh, even though it has probably raised my blood pressure um, more than it needs to. This year we have we have put ourselves in a position 
where there have been several games where we had to come back late uh, in the games to force overtime and then ultimately won in overtime. And that is, that is huge um, for these young men, uh, especially at Southside, because it has – the first year we were here, uh, both on the field and off the field, as soon as things got difficult, these guys would get dejected. They'd give up very easily, very mm-hmm. quickly. Um, and this year, even though it, as a coach it aggravates the stew out of me, that we put ourselves in a position where we're behind and have to fight back when we shouldn't have uh, just seeing these boys dig down and see that there is something there that it, if they'll stick to it and continue to fight, that there's something to this perseverance thing mm-hmm. um, has been really, really great uh, for me as a coach uh, and even as a chaplain, because this is the south and east end of Dallas County, one of the poorest areas, uh, if not the poorest area in one of the poorest counties in the second poorest state in the Union. These guys are not getting a whole lot of gift-wrapped opportunities in their life. Mm-hmm. And if they can take just this idea that perseverance having uh, doing its perfect work in the hands of God and see that, you know what, things may be difficult, But if I'll keep pushing and I'll keep working and keep doing the right things and make the most of opportunities that come, that God can do great things in and through my life if I don't just sit down and stop Hmm. has been great Um, because, man, this is this is where dreams come to die for all of its history Mm -hmm. uh, and all of the inspiration that Selma has provided for the world. through the course of what has been accomplished here, it is not that kind of place here anymore. Yeah. Uh, and seeing these young men realize that perseverance and by God's good grace can bring about wonderful results and seeing how it's taking place on the football field and knowing how things that are learned on the football field uh, are learned for all of your life because that's the way it's happened with me and every guy that has ever played football. Uh, that's probably been my greatest experience over the last three years is seeing how that's really starting to take hold. And I, you know, and taking nothing away from coach flowers and the other coaches. Um, but I, I think a lot of that, the success on the football field is a result of your ministry and impact there. Because I remember the first year was the year that, um, you know, they played every game on the road for financial reasons. Um, they had a lot of talent, but you're right. Once they would get down, they'd, they'd quit. There was no perseverance. So I, I really believe with all my heart that your ministry there, the some of the fruit of that is the success on the football field because of that, um, not just the Scripture lessons you're giving them, but just the character lessons and just being there and loving on them and talking to them about heart and perseverance. I think this this success is a result of the ministry, um, even though it may not be all the souls saved and all that. But I, I think it's I think it is is a result of the ministry. That's right. And uh, Coach Flowers is uh, does a wonderful job leading these fellows. He does a great job uh, giving them a strategy to win and putting them using. 
and talent is never an issue. Uh, right. There's never a lack of talent at Southside. Uh, and he puts them in a great position to use that talent to come out victorious, but it always comes down to the guys on the field have to want it. Mm-hmm. They've got to know that what they can do to go out and achieve the goal that they set their minds to and their hearts towards. Uh, and he's done a great job of helping to instill that. Um, he is, he has been such a great help, uh, to us and opening the doors of this team and really the school to us, uh, man, you come in, we're happy to do whatever it is. We're happy to have you do whatever it is that you can do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, being a part of making sure that they understand that while we don't want to force anything on anybody, we want to make sure that it's available to everybody. Amen. Um, and just, uh, coach flowers has been great in helping with that. Um, and really has become a dear friend of mine through all of this as we've walked through this together. Um, and that's something, even that is something to be seen the way that folks of different races in a place that still deals with a lot of racial divides Mm -hmm. can come together and have fellowship over the things that they enjoy and the gospel of Christ. Uh, it's just, it's, it's phenomenal to be able to be a part of that, uh, with coach flowers and the rest of the, a lot of the rest of the coaching staff. Uh, and I'm thankful to God for it. Absolutely. So what would you say, um, would be, you know, one prayer request you could share with the listeners that, just about the ministry there at Southside. Um, it sounds cliche, but the field is wide unto the harvest. Pray that God would send laborers into the harvest. Um, you know, there's never a lack of opportunity. People ask me, well, how'd you end up, how did you end up at Southside? how did you end up? Uh, with such a good relationship with the folks at Southside. And it really came down to they said they needed help, and I showed up and said I would help in any way that I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I made when I made good on what I said, they it built a relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, having two small children under six uh, and a family and trying to pursue furthering my education and pastoring the local church. Uh, while we do stay busy, there's only so much that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thankful for guys like Rand Smith that have taken it upon themselves uh, to really plant their life alongside uh, the work there at Southside and to be a gospel witness. Um, but until we have more people doing that, then we have people being uh, apathetic to the call of the gospel to reach the community and the ends of the earth. Uh, we're still going to have more opportunities than we have, than we than we are able to to take on that we are able to capitalize on. Mm-hmm. So I would ask, uh, pray for Southside High School and pray for people to come and share the love of the gospel, uh, the love of Christ in his gospel with the folks at Southside, because there's no shortage of people in need of salvation and hope found in Christ there. Uh, there's only shortage of people sharing that message and that hope there. Hey, that's a good encouragement. And yeah, li- if you're listening, please, you know, pray for that. If you're listening in Selma, you know, pray that, you know, that God would 
open your heart to maybe be a part of that ministry because, as Jonathan said, it's the harvest is ripe. Uh, we just need more laborers, so that's good. So another question related to you being a pastor of a local church. So I know there are pastors that listen to this consistently. So what advice would you offer a pastor of a local church that um, is wanting to reach out in more outside the walls of their particular church and be a part of the church, capital C, big church in a local community and local school? You know, so how would you encourage or what advice would you offer a pastor that's wanting to get outside their walls a little more? Well, first things first, uh, be like Stuart Hardy. If in no other way than this, uh, don't let there be a question that you won't ask. Um, you know, all of this comes down to taking the initiative to being, to making that first effort. Mm. The church has something that that can change the world. Mm -hmm. Amen. And the world doesn't necessarily believe that. Mm. And we as Christians are based in that and our only hope is in that. Uh, and so the initiative is, is on us to take that first step, um, reach out to a local school or a local organization and say, Hey, uh, we really want to, to share the love of Christ with you. We want to be we want to be of benefit to you in whatever way that we can. How can we do that? And then when you make that offer and they ask you to do whatever it is that they ask you to do, whether it be come in and babysit a classroom, whether it be come in and paint a hallway or just be the guy that takes out the trash because the janitor has been falling on hard times, show up and do that and do it faithfully and to the best of your ability so that people can see that it's not just about calling attention to how well you preach or how good of a guy that you are, but that you really came just as Jesus did, not to be served, but to serve. Wow, that's Because good. as you serve, opportunities to share why you're there will come. Amen. And make the most of those opportunities. Um, <clears throat> it's really as simple as that, because the people around us are in no shortage of heartache and hardship mm -hmm. and are in need of help. And we have the ability, we may not be able to do everything, but we can do something. Mm -hmm. And whatever that something is, if we will do it for the glory of God, for this, for the, for the purpose of extending the kingdom of God, God will bless that. And we'll see relationships form We'll see uh, people come to salvation, and we'll see paradigms and viewpoints shift in a day and an age where we desperately need for people to stop seeing others as just those folks who are against us, but as folks who are for us and who love us uh, and that are built together with a commonality in the image of God mm -hmm. and in need of the salvation of God through Jesus Christ. Well, that's good. You kind of led into the last question really well. So every episode we, we ask every guest the last question, and it has to do with being all in. I mean, the first two words of our organization, all in sports outreach, and it's, it's based on Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, you touched on it just now. Whether you're taking out the trash, painting a wall, talking to a group of students, you do it for the glory of God. It doesn't matter what you're doing. So, um, you know, that's something we, every 
camp or an event we do, we try to we lay that foundation early on with all the kids or people that are attending that, you know, that that that's what we expect. That's what we're about. So it doesn't matter if you're in sports, at school, at home, at work, you know, it's, it's doing, giving it your best. So with that, you know, a lot of sports teams talk about being all in, and we know what it means in sports. It's just giving your best effort. But what does it mean to you personally in your personal walk or Christ to be all in? Well, you know, it, it's one thing to talk about giving all of your effort, mm-hmm. and that's great. And that that works well when you're coming to a pep talk for a mm-hmm. good football game. But the focus of that scripture, as I understand it, as Paul writes to the church at Colossae, is he's talking about every aspect of their life. Amen. Whether they're, as as a father or as a mother, mm-hmm. do it all in in the hope in the gospel of Christ and, mm-hmm. and with the purpose of Christ, whether that's as a school teacher or a farmer, or a lawyer, a doctor, whatever, as a pastor, mm-hmm. be the the best pastor with the hope of the gospel and the purpose of the gospel that you can. And even beyond that vocationally, as a neighbor, do it all in the name of Christ and the purpose of Christ. Mm-hmm. As a community member, do all of that. Because God gives you giftings so that you can meet not only the needs for providing for yourself, but you can meet the needs of a community. And he doesn't do that just so that you can become a great community member, but so that he can use you as a gifted member of the community to be a light with his gospel. Mm-hmm. So when I'm at home, I parent, or I try to, and I don't always get this right. Uh, I try to parent as Christ would have me to parent. I try to be the husband that Christ would have me to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm on the fire ground with the fire department, I'm constantly looking not only to knock down flames, but to care for people in the midst of the hardship and the bad day that they're having to show that there is a hope that is better than circumstance because there's a peace that is greater than all understanding that comes through Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's really, that's really what it means to me. Uh, if I'm going to be somewhere, I'm going to be there as a minister of reconciliation, mm. as an ambassador for Christ, because God saved me, not only for all of eternity, but saved every aspect of my life, even right now, that he might in turn use that life to see others saved by his great love through his son jesus christ man that's good wow you know um i know i'm better than an empty chair that's the only thing that i can promise yeah and part of that is is that empty chair won't share the love of the christ with anybody Mm -hmm. so if i can if i can if if i can as i'm picking up trash or helping somebody on the side of the road I'm I'm somebody that was not there, and I'm somebody with hope that will not not only be able to help them have a clean campus, not only be able to help them get back on the road, but be able to help them see the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's really the the whole focus of being all in and doing all in the name of Christ to me. Amen. Is taking each opportunity that you're given and using it for the glory of God and the expansion of His gospel. Well, that's good. I tell you what, um, I've enjoyed this talk, this conversation. I've enjoyed um, this particular episode. I've been looking forward to it. 
because I know every time I'm around you or any time we talk on the phone to catch up, I, I, I am more energized about serving Christ and serving my community than I was before I talked to you. So, Jonathan, thank you so much for sharing your heart. Thank you for, um, you know, just telling your story, but most of all, just encouraging me, encouraging listeners um, in our walk. Well, brother, I appreciate the opportunity to come on. Uh, and as always, go Southside. Yeah, there you go. Hey, I know it's uh, playoffs coming this week, so I hope, uh, you know, I hope I'm reading Friday night late um, in the Selma paper or getting text messages that it's a playoff win. So, um, hope, well, hope... From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so thanks for uh, for joining me. And also, you know, I always need to thank people for listening. Um, and as we've set out from the beginning, um, the whole idea of these podcasts is it, we talk some sports, we talk ministry, but it is to hopefully encourage at least one person in their walk with Christ. Um, and, you know, maybe even one person hears the gospel through these podcasts. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing these episodes with family and friends. And, um, you know, we love hearing hearing from people. So if you're a Facebook user, go to All In Sports Outreach, and you can find out anything and everything you want to know about the organization. Also, you can communicate with us there. We love hearing from you. If you're a non-Facebook user, just go to our website, allinsportsoutreach.org. Again, find out anything you need to know. Um, send us a message there. Um, we love your encouragement. Um, but more than anything, thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. And until next time. <laughs>